Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. What's the best mindset to have if you want to be able to adapt to challenges in life and be able to learn and grow and be the most productive employee in your organization? Well, it may not be what you think. It's not necessarily about being the smartest or being the most talented. So today, I am pleased to be joined by Dr. Carol DeWick. She is a professor at Stanford University, and she is here to talk to us a little bit about mindset, the psychology of success. Good morning, actually afternoon. Welcome to the show, Dr. DeWick. (laughs) Aloha. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm very excited to talk with you today. I sort of feel like I have been I've been raised all wrong. So, you know, one of the things that you have spearheaded for the last oh, over a decade has been the concept of our mindset. Yeah. And I think to myself of when I was younger and I was told, "You're really smart, but you're not good at sports." And here I am decades later, I'm really not good at sports. I just I just don't think I have any ability whatsoever, but I kind of think I'm kind of smart. So it sounds like I have been raised all wrong, and this potentially could be holding me back in my abilities in an organization as someone who wants to take part of helping that organization grow. Is it too late for me? What's wrong with my mindset? Well, I wouldn't say you were raised all wrong. You are where you are today, <laughs> um, but... Um, what we find in our research is that um, students or adults can have uh, different mindsets about their talents and abilities. Um, when we are more in a fixed mindset, we think our talents, abilities, our intelligence, these are our athletic prowess. These are just fixed traits. You have a certain amount. And that's it. Some of us were lucky here. Some of us were lucky somewhere else. Some of us were not lucky anywhere. And that's it. That's how it is written. But other, other people have more of a growth mindset. Uh, they don't deny that people are different or may come with different talents or interests. But they believe everyone can develop their talents and abilities through hard work, good strategies, lots of coaching, mentorship, input from others. So if you're in an organization and you're trying to help to motivate your employees to transform that organization, Mm -hmm. what sort of ways can you exhibit this mindset that will help them to become more of themselves, to use their creativity, to not be afraid of challenges. How can you identify that? Let's keep talking about you for a minute. (laughs) Sure, because I make fun of myself all the time. There's a lot to make fun of. Okay, let's talk about me. Um, So your uh, parents or teachers told you you were smart? Yep. Um. In, in an academic, intellectual way, but not good at sports. Well, they were kind of right. I was afraid of the ball. I tried softball. I'll tell you, every time the ball came at me, I wanted to run away. So, well, I mean, I exhibited a right lack. Because if you had a coach that worked with you and made you not afraid of the ball and took you little by little, step by step, out of your comfort zone and 
You saw your skills building. Doesn't mean you would have been a great athlete. But one of my main points is we have no idea what someone is capable of. We cannot measure that from their initial performance. We also find that sometimes telling kids they have talent and ability can backfire. Sometimes it can make you think, great, that's, that's who I am, that's what I'm good at, and you stay that and um, keep that confidence. But our research has shown that a lot of the time kids want to protect that precious label. They don't want to go out of their comfort zone, make mistakes, have setbacks that could prove to people they're not smart after all. So kind of staying away from labels and helping kids learn, uh, focusing on the process of learning keeps them growing in all different directions. So one of the ways might be instead of saying, you're such a smart child, you could say, you really work hard and look at what you can do with that hard work. Yeah, or you really found the strategy. Oh, you did great. You really improved. You really found the strategies. You were really helped by the mentoring. You came for help at the right time. You really stuck to it. So point out how there is this learning process and teach kids and adults how to engage in it without fear of judgment. Now, a lot of the research that you've done has focused on schools and trying to figure mm-hmm. out ways that we can help our youth and even going through towards, you know, college age, how we can help yeah. them to no longer be afraid. I think about, you know, even now in my 40s, I think about, okay, there's a challenge. Well, if it's an intellectual one, sign me up because I- I'm excited about that. If it's athletic, um, yeah. Uh, not me. Right. <laughs> so, you know, this sort of this this statement from when I was younger, my older brother was always the athletic one, kind of mm-hmm. stuck in my head. And yet when you think about it, there are ways to change that. And particularly if we start looking at our young adults, uh, those who are entering into the workforce, yeah. and even those who are in the workforce, you know, it's it's too often people talk about having a great self-esteem. Do you feel good about yourself? Mm -hmm. And maybe we've put too much of an emphasis on that. Yeah. So, yeah, let's think about people entering the workplace. It's important to think highly of yourself, um, but it's wonderful when that is supported by the courage to take on challenges and the rewards of feeling that you're growing and learning. We find that when people are in a fixed mindset, they support their self-esteem by doing easy things over and over, not stepping out of their comfort zone. Um, When they do poorly, finding someone who did even worse (laughs) so they can feel good about themselves. So these ways of massaging your self-esteem within a fixed mindset don't take you anywhere. It's kind of arranging the information in your head or or staying away from things that could help you grow so you won't undermine your self-esteem. I feel like you're in my head. It's always good to find someone, you know, my poor younger brother. I'd always be like, well, I'm better than he did at school, so I feel better about myself. So apparently I've been undermining his mindset his entire life. I think he might agree with that entirely. 
Oh, isn't that what brothers are for? You know, that's what I think, siblings. <laughs> that's that's your role. You must take one another down periodically, keep you all in step. So when we're talking about these young adults entering into the workforce, uh-huh. when how would you be able to determine if someone would be an excellent addition to your company by their interview. You know, I often think about the way that companies are trying to transform themselves is to hire great talent. And part of doing that and describing talent as the individual, part of doing that is knowing who would be a great fit for an organization and who might not be. How can we use that psychology of the mindset of being not fixed but a little bit more on a growth trajectory to help us to make sure that if we are in a business situation, we're getting the right folks? Yes, um, there are several strategies. One is uh, to create a growth mindset environment in the workplace, and that's something we're studying now. And another, as you're pointing out, is to select people who really will contribute to that culture. So in an interview, you might ask people, what was your biggest failure? and see whether they really take responsibility for it, uh, say what they learned from it, say how they went forward more productively, as opposed to uh, making up a fake failure like, oh, I worked too hard, or blaming it on someone else. Um, You can ask people, I worked with a Major League Baseball team. Um, They came... Uh, Together, we formulated a set of questions, and one was, how'd you get so good at baseball? So how'd you get so good at um, whatever the job may be? And they saw whether um, people said, I was born with this talent, it came naturally to me, um, or whether they said, uh, I worked out with my father all the time or my mother and we I did this and I wasn't so good at that so I worked on it and on and on about how they really built their skills and then these are the ones who are going to be ready for the setbacks and ready to work hard they also asked um, so thinking about on-field performance in the major leagues what do you think you might have to change and some of them said well I'll have to get used to the cheering of larger crowds. So not ready for the Not ready, yeah. I'm going to be excited. More people clap for me. I don't know. I might have to change everything. It's a whole new ball game. And so they're ready to upgrade their game as needed. You also want to know, is someone a team player or looking to be a lone genius? So you hear, how do they talk about their past work or their past activities? Do they use the we? Do they talk about teams? Or is it I, I, I? Really important things for us to be able to identify, particularly when we present ourselves. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here on the line with Dr. Carol DeWick. She is a Stanford professor of psychology and has written a wonderful book, Mindset, which is going to help all of us to be able to take a look at challenges in life just slightly differently and maybe even help our performance and allay our fears of potential failure, turn it into a growth opportunity. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Well, I wake up listening to Morning Edition every day, 
and if I'm lucky, I get to listen to more than you know 45 minutes before I have to head out to work. Uh, but sometimes I have really long drives in the morning up to the North Shore, and uh, it's nice to kind of be comforted by uh, today's news and some familiar voices. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Urgent Care Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with Dr. Carol Dweck on the line. She is a Stanford professor and is here helping us to develop a different mindset as we tackle challenges and opportunities in our lives in all different fields and help to recognize where maybe what we've been told all our lives might just be holding us back. Now, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about when you interview someone, are they a team player or wanting to be a lone genius? Kind of an interesting idea. When we talk about the lone genius, is that something that we wouldn't necessarily want to have if we were looking at a business organization? Mm-hmm. There's a place for lone geniuses but, um, in, in an organization. But overall, you want people to put their minds together. And in recent, we did uh, recent research with a um, group of Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 companies. And we found that when the company created uh, um, more of a growth mindset, more of the idea that they believed everyone had the potential to develop, and they were committed widely to people's development, we found that um, the employees in those companies said they felt empowered, committed, there was more innovation and creativity going on, and they thrived on that teamwork. Now, what was happening in the more fixed mindset companies that believed more talent is fixed, you get the talent, you reward the talent, people said, There was a lot more cheating, cutting corners, hoarding information, keeping secrets from each other so that you could be ahead of the next person. That's what the name of the game was. Distinguish yourself at the expense of others. Now, when we think of the world as it is today and will become even more so in the future, it's about constant innovation, not competition within companies that might undermine the innovation. So it's really looking more at trying to be more collaborative, recognizing that one company may not survive if they don't have another company that helps. You know, if you're manufacturing something, if you don't have good relationships with your suppliers, if you can't work together, you're not Mm going to make your product because you don't have this ability to work in a collaborative fashion. Exactly. Exactly. And also the companies of the future are... um, I guess the word now is agile or flexible. They can keep um, creating interdisciplinary teams, reconstituting teams.
teams, putting people in, in different combinations. And um, people have to be able to kind of get into that really quickly and benefit from it. Um, whereas uh, if you're going to start uh, proving you're the top dog in every team that's constituted and other people want to be the top dog, it's, it's, it's not going to promote the outcomes that the company wishes for. Now, I often think that when we're looking at this level of flexibility, it's actually a lot harder than people think. You know, we have these, you know, if you look at television these days, you've got, uh, you know, America's Got Talent, American Idol. You've got all these different sorts of shows where you see people present themselves and people get the mistaken impression that they're just born with all of this ability. When in fact, if you ask a lot of these folks, they've actually had to put in, you know, Malcolm Glaxwell talks about 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. They've had to put in a lot of hours of training, of practice, of deep practice, of really trying to help to to hone their talents so that they actually can have some type of activity they do that they're great at, whether it be singing or whether it be sports or whatever it might be, we underestimate. It's actually, I think, a lot harder to be flexible, agile, and adjustable than it is to just be fixed. I'm really good at math. I'm just going to do math. I'm only going to do math. You know, you really have to figure out ways to to use your abilities in a multifaceted approach. It seems a lot harder than people think. Yes. Um you have to use your abilities in a multifaceted way, especially if you're within an organization. You need more than one skill. But I think the fascinating thing is even people who focus on one thing, they're going to have to go out of their comfort zone eventually, grow, collaborate. That's the way of the world now. So um, I have my Stanford students do research on their heroes whom they previously thought glided to greatness on their talent. There has never been one case where someone didn't work for years, didn't have setbacks, didn't talk to and collaborate with um, other people. Whether we're talking about Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, sports heroes, it doesn't happen. The lone genius gliding to greatness, I, I can't say never, but is the great exception. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of effort. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with talking on the phone with Dr. Carol DeWick. She's a Stanford professor, and she's helping lots of people all over the world to really look at their mindset and whether or not they can be flexible enough to help enter the new millennia and really help to bring their business and their particular area of expertise to an even greater height of success by just looking at how they approach things. We'll be right back after this quick break. We're going to talk some more. All of the different programs that are on at different times in public radio, it's like different colors in a palette. And you can paint whatever you want by picking the hours that you want to listen. And you may want to go for the dark colors of Rembrandt or the bright colors of Monet, but it's your choice how you paint that landscape with those colors, with the different shows you listen to through the day. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. 
Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with Dr. Carol Dweck on the line. She is a Stanford professor who is going to be giving a talk coming up in just a few days here in Honolulu. Before we get to that, I just, you know, it, it inspires me, Dr. Dweck, to want to first figure out how to change my mindset and then think about how to bring that to the organizations that I work with and work for. Yeah. I always think the only way to change is to really look at yourself first mm-hmm. and then to try and bring that new aspect and perspective to where you're at. So mm-hmm. other than going out there and somehow finding someone to teach me softball, which really, it's just unnecessary, but let's just pretend. What would be ways that I could change my personal mindset and then bring that to a work environment? That's a great question. So the first thing to know is that although we're talking about people who have one mindset or the other, we are all a mixture. As you said, uh, you have um, one way of looking at intelligence, another way of looking at sports ability. But even within your job skills or your intelligence or sports ability, we are all a mixture because there are so many things in our world um, where even if we tend to have a growth mindset, may trigger us into more of a fixed mindset. So when we, even in, in intellectual things, say, even if we have a growth mindset, if we're forced to go way out of our comfort zone, we may suddenly think, do I have the ability here? Can I do this? Um, am I going to show myself up? Am I going to hit the limit of my abilities? If you have a setback, you start thinking, maybe I'm not good at this. If you see someone who is far better than you, it's something you prided yourself on, do you momentarily think, whoops, that's the talented person, not me? So it's really important to start understanding when are you triggered into a fixed mindset and how can you deal with that? So if I think I have a talent for, or I think I've, I've studied hard for something and somebody comes in and shows me up entirely, mm-hmm. I need to look at that and not say, I'm jealous, I can't believe they're better than me, but rather, what can I learn from them? Yeah. Can they mentor me? How yeah. did they get as good as they did? Because what I may not realize is that they might have had thousands of hours of practice and I'm just assuming that I'm better than them because for whatever reason I have this thought in my head. So maybe to look at how they're doing and in an admiring way, ask them how they got there and what can I learn from that? Exactly, exactly. We always see the end product of someone's effort and then think, oh, they're just that way. But as you're saying, we may have so much to learn from how they got there. They may become a mentor. You may become collaborators. Uh, Maybe you'll both be farther ahead than you would have been otherwise. So identifying those triggers and then working through them. We even have an exercise now developed by uh, my colleague in Australia, Susan Mackey, 
um, where we ask people to give their fixed mindset voice, the one that creeps up on you and says you're not so good. That's a scary voice. You want me to actually give it a voice? Okay. The one in my head? Okay. Identify that voice, that persona, and give it a name. Okay. So what's the name of your fixed mindset persona who creeps up on you and puts doubts into your head? It may not be appropriate for Okay. (laughs) It may involve (laughs) words that we might not be able to say. Okay, uh, let's assume you've named it and you can keep it to yourself. We'll call it a bumblebee using the bee. Potentially that might reference another word. Okay, so we'll call it that, yeah. So that's that That's okay, that voice so in my head. Might All right. say, so bee, the bee might say to you, um, well, uh, you didn't do so well at that. Maybe you're not as good as you thought you were. And what you would say back to the bee is not just go away or um, um, leave me alone or, or try to vanquish it in some way, but you would say, thank you. I know you're trying to protect me, but I wonder if you could work with me on this more growth mindset goal. Can you collaborate with me coming out of my comfort zone or picking myself up and finding a new strategy. So get that fixed mindset persona on board. Notice when it shows up, get it on board to move forward with you. And so if I were to figure out how to not just have that little voice in your head say, see, I told you you weren't good at that. There you are. You can't hit the ball with a bat or whatever Mm -hmm, it might be mm -hmm. saying, hey, let's find somebody who knows how to do this. Let's have them coach me, teach me, work with me. Let me go home and practice. Then with that growth mindset, if I were to bring that to a workplace, then I would try and encourage people I work with or people I work for to allow for this this sense of acceptance that if you try something out of your comfort zone, you might succeed, you might fail, but you're going to learn something from it. And really to focus on that learning aspect rather than the ultimate achievement of what you're trying to do. Exactly. Exactly. And don't let that voice in your head discourage you, undermine you, anticipate that you'll feel shame. Let it come with you as you move forward in exactly the way you described. So you welcome it. Instead of trying to squelch it, quiet it, ignore it, Mm -hmm. you welcome it and find ways to make it work with you to help bring you forward. Yes. So now, what sort of organizations have you seen that have been very successful with this concept? You've said you've worked with a lot of different ones. Have you seen huge growth in certain certain prominent organizations? Well, Microsoft. Um, That's a big one, in the Microsoft. the last few years, completely transformed its culture with the new, relatively new CEO, Satya Nadella. And um, they really took the ball and ran with it in terms of creating a culture that is deeply committed to everyone's development, that is finding ways to create and identify leadership um, where you might not have looked before. 
it used to be you just had these high potential groups of people that were identified in advance by some test or or their what uh, prestigious school they went to or by some kind of initial impression. But they've created programs throughout the con- a company where anyone can rise up, um, try an idea, formulate a group, and if successful, they uh, get funding and move forward. They keep creating new interdisciplinary teams that brainstorm, come up with new ideas. And that's the way that it's going to work, that it's going to be taking a company even like Microsoft and transforming it. I want to hear more. And if you do too, there's going to be an event coming up November 16th. You can get more information at the Hawaii Healthy at Work Alliance, hhawa.com. I want to thank Dr. Dwick for being on the line. Our engineer today was Jason Tagg. I'm Dr. Kozak. We'll see you next week here on The Body Show.